Welcome back into One Winning Pod, where we will be discussing a Ravens victory over longtime rival. It's been a little bit of a winding rivalry because it's come in and out, but a rival nonetheless in the Tennessee Titans uh, across the pond. Erased some bad memories of the previous time the Ravens were there. Got the win, but definitely came out with some questions. Still some stuff that this team needs to work on. Um, whether or not this win was a dominant win could certainly be debated. So we're going to talk about this game. And so I guess we'll just start off right there. Chris, Alec, uh, how'd you feel about the win? I tell you, my my initial thing is, uh, well, we won. So that's great because I was convinced we were cursed from the 2017 game, that abysmal loss to the to the Jags. Um, I feel like after this game, I've just concluded, why aren't teams going a week before? Because apparently mm. the Ravens like flew in on a Friday last time, which is a terrible idea. And this time they flew a week in advance and they looked fine. And I know the Bills last week tried to fly on a Friday evening to London on the day of like just, it seems like, is it really that easy? It was like, that's, that's the correlation. Like you lose if you fly on Friday instead of like the week before. And like, why aren't teams doing this? I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It's clear to me, Chris, that going early makes the most sense. I mean, shoot, like we've done vacations before, right? Like, like if you ever have a vacation across time zones, particularly going in that direction, the first day is difficult. The second day, you know, like it, it's super obvious. Yeah. I, I feel like it has to be a cost thing. You know, these, these Scrooges, uh, NFL owners, like, you know, keeping all their shingles and like not wanting to <laughs> pony it up. Like it's ridiculous. I, I think it's a clear, it's a clear advantage. And even though there's like no like quote unquote data, it's just like logical in my opinion. Um, I don't think there's like distractions from that. You know, there's plenty of distractions at home. I think it's a good team building opportunity. Like the, the guys are saying it's like the first time since uh, mini camp or like, you know, whatever that they've been like all living in the hotel and like kind of having that kind of time together. And, you know, it's always tough on the families, but I think away games are in general tough. And I think it's just a way to get a dub and, and it's a business trip. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I hear they get per diem, you know, I, I think, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that is a, the winning strategy. And I think, uh, you know, now, now the Ravens won, like Harbaugh's going to be all in on this, you know, in the future, he'll be always, <laughs> always willing to do that. But I think it's also just like obvious and I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's the winning play. Um, that's what happened last week too. Uh, you know, the, the team that came in early smoked. So I think there's, people are going to start seeing that that's, that's the, the way to go. But uh, shoot man wins a win. Wasn't the prettiest, but I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from this game is the Ravens kind of like did a little bit of a reset and they're like, you know what? We're having trouble knocking out of our own way. Let's take three points. Let's not give them a turnover. Let's not give them momentum and like win that, like make them beat us. And I don't love that philosophy in general, but I think when you're playing an opponent that you feel like you should win, it's not a bad choice. <laughs> um, I think we talked about like these little bets, like you don't want to like make big bets when you feel like you're the better team. I thought that was not the worst approach. And that's why we saw Tucker hit six field goals. Um, I, you know, it makes me cringe on fourth and one or when you're inside the five <laughs> to not go for it. Like it, like it goes against every like thing in my soul, but in the way I was also there for it. Like I actually, that, I, that too was what I would do. Cause I was like, I'm sick and tired of losing games. We should win. And like, I'm not trusting particularly the offensive line to make these things easy for us. And you know what? Fine. Take the three. You know, I, I became like one of those boomer fans. I was like, I was all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a good point though. If we want to go kind of into the offense a little bit first, I, I think 
to me, I feel like it kind of highlights a problem we've probably had for a couple of weeks now, and we've yet to kind of find the solution for it. But um, yeah, the offensive line, particularly in these sort of, you know, fourth and short sort of situations, I feel like in years past, we could trust the, you know, the Greg Rubin offense to you know convert on those uh, situations. I feel like right now we really can't. And I think it's pronounced particularly in the red zone. And I think it's just for because of the lack of options we have down there, right? It's just the offensive line really can't get the push. Um, you know, Gus Edwards, I think can kind of get it, but still, I think there were too many negative plays in those situations. Um, you know, we don't have like a Dobbins uh, sort of guy. Like Justice Hill is great um, in certain situations. I don't think that's one that he's particularly great in. But I think the bigger part, honestly, is just from the passing perspective. We really just don't have any weapons in the red zone right now. Um, and I feel like it's really telling, um, particularly against the Titans, their defensive line, really, really stout. I think they did a great job. Um, obviously, I think Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best interior players in the league. A little bit questionable, uh, maybe a little uh, uh, iffy in terms of uh, play style, I think, for some Ravens fans. But I mean, the without a doubt, he's he's one of the better players in the league, I think. And Titans did a great job of, of bottling us up and it just made us one dimensional in the red zone. And, uh, you know, Munkin's got to figure it out. Yeah. The offense, I'm really interested to see if we see some new wrinkles and some new spark post bye week. Um, it's just starting to feel more and more like the things that we're seeing that are an issue with this offense probably aren't going to be corrected until then. Um, and it's it's crazy. It's same year, same thing. We've had other years before where coming into the season, in the offseason, we've been so hyped about the wide receiver room. Um, it was either, it was 2010, I think, when we tra- we had Mason and Bolden in there. We traded for Hushmanzada. We had Dante Stallworth. We're looking at this. LJ Smith there to go with Todd Heap. And we're like, man, this is such a stacked receiving core. And obviously, we remember what happened there um, in the postseason. We talk about uh, the story after that postseason was this group's too slow. We got no speed. That's why they drafted Torrey Smith. Um, that group wasn't good enough for to get the Ravens where we needed to go. Uh, 2018, when we brought in Crabtree and Brown and, and Sneed, that was supposed to revitalize the receiving room that was going to be uh, the best group of receivers that Joe Flacco had ever had, and it ended up being very average um, at best, right? And I'm not saying that this group can't um, be what we we're projecting them to be, but the reality is, I think we can all agree, this just isn't what we were expecting yet coming into the season. It's kind of been the worst case. Um, maybe not the worst case, because I guess the worst case would include Zay Flowers being, you know, struggling in, in his transition to the NFL, and he clearly hasn't, but um, Odell and Bateman have been struggling with their injuries. Aguilar has been Aguilar, I think, uh, solid, but will still have a drop every now and again and is a dependable guy but isn't going to be that big play guy you can go to um andrews being andrews but the tight ends outside of him being non-existent um pass catchers at some point we're going to need to see a, a step up from someone outside of, of zay and andrews because just right now like you're saying when the run game is not going as well as we want it to outside of lamar the pass catching catching options right now are just way too limited for guys to to for Lamar to have trust in. Yeah, it's frankly a bit wild. Um, I feel like you know, week one, week two, we were 
seeing a lot of good things like you know oh like odell could be you know the deep threat or bateman could be the intermediate guy and i feel like as of late yeah we've really just haven't seen that sort of balance that we did in the first couple of weeks obviously you know defenses will adjust and i think anybody who kind of went in saying you know thinking that week one would be replicated every week <laughs> i mean clearly you know you gotta you gotta wait for for, for such an assessment but um but still yeah it, I totally agree with you, man. I, I think right now we're really struggling um, just to find another uh, target in those situations. And yeah, I think it, it's just becoming more pronounced, especially in these red zone uh, targets. Um, everything's more compressed. Uh, the guys that we do rely on, um, you know, are just harder to get the ball in, in those compressed areas. Um, Andrews uh, is one too. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't really figured out. Like, I, you know, I clearly think he's healthy, uh, but I do think they're, it feels like there's almost an element of like not looking his way as much. Um, now, obviously, I understand that from wanting to be able to spread the ball around. You know, we don't need to have a Roman offense where it's like you know the running backs Lamar and Andrews. Like that's your option, right? Mm. Getting Zay more involved is good. I think we've been able to do it and not like have to force feed him as much. I think that's a good thing. Um, but I do feel like there are some situations where like you know maybe there could be an opportunity to kind of scheme. Andrew's open, get him a little bit more of a threat in there. But again, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's coming back down to right now. It's just offensive line, I think, is a challenge. I feel like we've seen him block a lot more than usual. Um, and, uh, you know, in that situation, yeah, we got to have some other guys step up. And uh, right now, it, it feels like for Odell, he's got to get healthy. For Bateman, I feel like he's got to get his mind right. He's got to stack some wins. I think he's a little bit, of, he's in a little bit of trouble right now. Just, you uh, know, in behind the eight ball kind of trying really hard to make a play and unfortunately just not having a lot of luck his way at, at this point but um bi-week reset yeah it feels like that's probably something on there to like look at the scheme figure out okay what what can we change what do we like um and uh you know get guys ready get, get them healthy so yeah he's definitely potentially pressing and i think it's really important for him and or odell to get into a little bit of a, a groove. We saw that uh, explosive play from Odell earlier in the game. He even mentioned to reporters he felt like he maybe came back a week too soon. He wasn't quite ready from that injury. And hopefully he's continuing to get right and able to, you know, improve in this offense. I still am a believer. You know, I thought lackluster effort in the end zone that last week, uh, maybe that was part of, you know, the reason. Um, I think he... I think he still has juice. Like, I really do. I just think he's been having some setbacks this year. And to me, you know, if he's able to get right <laughs> by end of year and playoffs, like, that's really all that matters. Um, but this is, um, it's been, I think, frustrating for him. And he kind of has, has talked about that. And then Bate, man, it's like, it's so painful. I think he's in his head now. I think it start, the year started off with him cooking, but not quite getting the targets. And I think that, that's tough on him mentally because you know he's also coming back and now he's he's not cooking as much but he's getting target. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it, it's like this like weird problem but i i hope that they'll be able to figure it out i still i still kind of believe in his um ability looking you know we talked about the offensive line being tricky right now um and kind of having issues with the offensive line and, and getting push i'm also kind of concerned that the way the offensive line is playing and also with the scheme that Gus is not quite the right running back for it. And I think that's why we're seeing the 16 carries for 41 yards in this game. I think he's one of those guys that I think by like stride six, seven, 
Like that's that's a great running back. He's probably the best running back we got, but he's not getting the opportunity to get those strides in because the, the holes aren't there. And you know maybe he's able to you know go forward for a, a yard or two, but he's like not getting any initial help. And you know the plays he does, that's great, but. I think he lacks the little bit of boost to get to the edge or kind of create at this point. Um, and then you got, you know, I think Justice, I feel like every time Justice Holt touches the ball, there's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more dy- dynamic, a little bit more electric. And I think at this point, that's what the offense needs a little bit more of. So kind of hoping to see a flip in the carries, maybe even some Mitchell action. He has first NFL action, but it was all special teams. And that guy, man, great gunner. Did you see that? He was right there when the, the fumble happened. And then the second punt, he whiffed on the on the tackle. Hate to see it, but he was there. <laughs> he, he was ready to like pummel the guy. And I think that's huge. You know, like if he doesn't um miss that tackle, we're like accolading him. And I think it's important that he was there because they redirected him and et cetera. But like I I think he might be a, a solid gunner, and that might be how he like, you know, continues to get uh, game day activations. And I hope that he gains the trust to get some offensive touches because I think he could bring some dynamic thing to the running game. But we're worried about um, Gus, I love Gus. I I don't know if the injury slowed him down, age, or just the the scheme. But I'm just I, I I worry going forward that he's not quite the right back. And I'm curious, you know, you guys have similar concerns. I mean, here's the thing. I I agree with what you're saying with Gus. I just don't think that Justice Hill alleviates all the issues. I I think that he alleviates some, but then I think he has his issues as well. We've seen. Uh, the, the ball security um, mm. has been an issue this year, and that's something that we, we really can't. Um, ideally, you're not going to have that going forward, right? Um, you're not going to want feel comfortable with him making a play in a big game if he doesn't show going forward that that's not going to be an issue, right? Um, I also feel that we just haven't seen enough of him. Um, I think something that really helps him is he's coming in in situations that are advantageous to his skill sets, right? They're coming in situations where uh, the defense is, is biting on a, on a Lamar sneak. He's coming in in situations where um, the, the defense is spread out, which helps with his speed. Um, you know, I think that Gus is just inevitably with his running style and with his ability to take as many carries as he can, um, is the guy that's going to get the first nod. Um, but I agree that right now the offensive line is not leading us to see the best version of Gus that, that we can. Um, some of it's on him, but also we're just not seeing the holes that we've seen in the past couple of seasons from this group. Um, but the running back situation right now is unideal. I don't have all the answers. I am certainly open to seeing a game where Justice Hill gets uh, double-digit carries just to see if that would um, give this offense a different look. Um, he did have 11 against Cincinnati, uh, 41 yards, 3.7 for carry. But, you know, his other games, we're not seeing him get there. So, yeah, I'm, I, I will say <laughs> that this coming week is probably not the week to do it against Detroit. But after the bye, if you want to give that a spin, see if that, uh, changes anything? Sure, because honestly, right now what we're what's going on uh, just isn't getting it done. Yeah, I, I guess my only my only thoughts about Gus is like w- one week's definitely not enough. Um, 
to kind of write him off. And yeah, just knowing the, the kind of the depth behind him, it's, it's not like we could just say like put Justice in and, and bench him. Like he's got he's got to have carries, and I think he can still be effective in a lot of those carries. Um, I do think um, I am excited for Mitchell though because I think him and Hill I think bring a lot of speed to be able to get to these outside runs, um, a little bit more shifty in the open field. I think they add more in the passing game as well. Um, I thought there was one uh, play this game against the Titans where um, uh, I think Gus was trying to catch a screen or something, but that that play ended up not going anywhere. Um, we know it's not really a strength of his game. He, he brought a little bit in 2020, I believe, um, kind of showed a little bit of that, but never really kind of progressed more than there. So, I mean, I do think um, Hill and Mitchell probably provide a little bit more of that to that offense. Um, and that is something, honestly, I think even, you know, looking back at the first like six weeks of the season, we've had a little bit more success than we have in the Greg Roman offense, particularly around getting running backs involved. We just, we like to do a lot more uh, screens, uh, both to the wide receivers and the running backs and these little, um, you know, dump off uh, passes in the flat. So um, it, it could happen. It's, but uh, the other thing I kind of take away too, again, like Titans did a heck of a job, um, particularly in short yardage situations. Like they've got a really good front. So um, I wouldn't totally say it's on our offensive line. It, it, it's enough where I'm a little concerned, but also I think, you know, you look around the league, I think there are plenty of offensive linemen that are not doing as well as the Ravens right now. So kind of have to temper expectations a little bit, but, um, but in any case, um, I think, uh, one other thing I did want to talk about, though, um, is uh, just more on, on Zay. I kind of wanted to mention, like, we finally got his first touchdown. I thought that was a, a pretty incredible adjustment by Lamar, being able to buy extra time in the pocket and kind of do this little sidearm flip, be able to get to Zay uh, and get his touchdown. And uh, it was a great time. Obviously, you know, uh, with six field goals, uh, you think 24, you're like, oh, yeah, I've scored you know three touchdowns. Not the case at all. So really, that was the difference <laughs> in this game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing us uh, back to a positive note. I mean, this is this is a win. Let's you know, but we're starting off with uh, a lot of complaints. But yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about what's going well. What's going well is Zay Flowers. Every game this year, uh, he's been an, an impact guy, right? Now, of course, you know he's had some mistakes. He's had a couple drops against Pittsburgh that I'm sure he'd love to have had back. But look, this guy is continuing to do things week in and week out that are positives for this offense. Uh, Six catches for 50 yards on eight targets. Uh, that touchdown was was great. I mean, Lamar had to extend the play. Uh, great play by him. I think that Lamar has been even better this year, which is saying something with making plays happen with his feet, uh, you know, extending it, rolling out to his right or left. Um, he had a play, I think it was against Cincinnati too, that was very similar. He rolled to his left and was able to get his stance down and have a big completion. Um it's a great play, and it really goes to show why the Ravens drafted him, right? Um, that touchdown doesn't happen if Zay doesn't have those instincts of what to do as the play broke down, how to continue uh, going around the field and getting open. And it's an excellent play by him. He made some other plays this game, but that play in particular, with it being a touchdown in this game where the Ravens are just getting field goals, um, excellent play for Zay to have his first touchdown as a Raven. Um, hopefully, and I think all signs are pointing to the first of many. I loved the Olive comment. Did you guys hear about this? The Olive comment from Mr. Harbaugh? Yeah. He was like, you got an Olive jar, you have to flip it over, nothing comes out, you got to get one out, and they all start pouring out. So this was his first right. Olive. Love that for him. 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed the touchdown celebration. He, he called it earlier in the week. He was going to do like a flower girl situation and maybe it'll become his motif now that, uh, you know, the flat, the olives are going to keep coming. Right. So I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was good improv and you know, the, the master though of improv, Mark Andrews had another big game long of 38 yards, 69, very nice yards on, uh, four catches. And, uh, he, there was some like really nice tight window, got to have it catches, um, that he made. And I, I think, you know, he might be, um, maybe like the red zone stuff, you know, kind of missing other than that, like crazy catch over three defenders <laughs> in the back of the end zone. Um, but, uh, he's definitely gonna, I, 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 I think he's going to be fine. Like long-term we'll just have to, I think we're gonna have to figure it out. I think it's a trust thing guys. Like I really do think they don't think Lamar is going to have much time in the pocket. Feels condensed, not going to find a guy. Somebody on the one of the tackles is going to lose contain, get sacked. You know, like I feel like that's their worry right now. And I mean, they might not be wrong. <laughs> so I really want to see something happen here with the because uh, you know you keep one guy back to block. You know, you keep Ricard back to block or guy, and then you only have four targets. You know, it's it's just tough. You know, it's I think it's going to be tough. So we'll uh, we'll see. And maybe maybe one of the focuses is like don't don't have red zone like inside the five plays like <laughs> try to score beforehand like they, they actually try to target you know those intermediate plays to get in the end zone instead but uh yeah we'll see well, i think flipping over the defense uh for the most part i think or 95 percent of the game uh you know they did an excellent job i think there was only two plays i think if i recall the pass interference play a little bit later and then that uh the big run from henry uh, where he kind of broke loose and, and set that up. You take those two plays away, and I think the the defense looks a lot better on, uh, than, than where it ended up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a very strong performance. I think both uh, defensive line played great. I think uh, Metabuke and um, Clowney both ended up with two tackles for loss, two sacks apiece, uh, Van Noy and Queen with the other two. So I think we had six sacks. Uh, so Alec, you got your bold prediction. Congratulations. All one drive. Crazy. All on, all on one drive, right? Against Willis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um yeah. over yeah, pretty much I mean the, the biggest thing I think going in this game, bottle up Henry. And aside from that one play, I think they did just that. Oh, they definitely did. They definitely did, which is great to see. It's now two matchups in a row that they've done that. Obviously they did that in the playoff game. Now I mean I think Henry's getting older, um, despite the kind of denialism I think we got from Titans fan Tim about it. I think Henry is starting to slow down. He, he, he looks still good. He's still a very good running back in this league, but he doesn't st- quite strike you as the King Henry of old. But look, anytime you can uh, bottle up a player who's had that much success in this league, I don't care if they're slightly a step or two behind where they used to be. It's still an accomplishment. It's still a great uh, job by this defense, which really has been stopping run games all year. So like you're saying, that's assignment number one when you play the Tennessee Titans is you stop Derrick Henry, you're going to stop their offense because Ryan Tannehill was never really that guy and he's certainly isn't this year. So credit to the defense. They did the job um, and really just made it uh, easy for the offense. It would have been nice for this game to have stayed, you know, a, a two touchdown lead, but um, that's the 2023 Ravens. We can't have big leads. So I guess it's, wow. it just is what it is there. 
<laughs> I think they get more conservative when they get ahead and they try to like win the game by running out the clock instead of like getting a third touchdown, which I think is questionable. Um, I'm curious if that will will change a bit. Um, I want them to hit the gas a little bit harder uh, <laughs> in those situations. And I think that's that's what I've kind of noticed as well when talking about the offense. The defense, man, though, like, you know, you were saying they stopped Henry. That one wildcard wildcat play, in my opinion, never should have happened because Pierce had a huge game. And yeah, he sacked Tannehill, but I don't think it was dirty. I've talked to some people. They thought maybe, you know, he could have rolled off sooner. But I, I've watched it in every angle they have all 22 sideline, end zone, broadcast. And I'm just like, man, like, I feel like that's a football play. Like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know what he's supposed to do. You know, it wasn't late by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he, like, you know, bo- you know, belly flopped on him. It wasn't no, like, Saragusa thing. So, I, I don't know. I thought that was a weak call. I think this was a, a game that was very heavily relegated. I think they had eyes on it because it was in London. Um, and they wanted to, like, kind of show that. And, and it was tough. It was a tough game uh, from a penalty standpoint. You had that um, pass interference, defense pass interference on Williams, who was just attacking the ball, and I think made a good play on the ball. I don't think it was pass interference, um, and yeah, like that was uh, the the Pierce though one. Going back to that, that was on you know third and five, incomplete pass, should have been punted. It was deep in their own territory. Fifteen yards kind of flips the field a bit. Run that wildcat play, and then boom, they're they're in scoring position. So it, it I thought that was really tough. I thought that was really tough, and. Um, yeah, I just I didn't love that, but guys, 111 play uh, yards on two plays. They had 279 yards, not including penalty yards. Like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, I I thought the defense overall was phenomenal. Yeah, no, definitely, and <clears throat> you know, it again. I don't think it was too surprising. It's same thing week in and week out, right? Every week this year uh, to so far. The defense has played well enough for the Ravens to win the game. Um, just the offense, we just got to get some more consistency there. They got the guys to do it. Uh, the injuries to the offensive line and then the aging of some players on the offensive line isn't helping. But um, look, I think I think that there's time. And I think, you know, with the defense continuing to play like this, I'm sure that gives the offensive guys confidence too. It's like know that, hey, you know, we can don't have to be perfect here. We don't need to score 35 points. We have a defense here that's going to keep us in the game. We just got to go and focus on doing our thing and not anything more. And I, I think eventually it's got to turn the corner. You know, with, with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, it, I imagine it will. But yeah, this defense, and it's still incredible. I, we say it every week going into the season, the secondary. Man, it's so beat up. How is this unit? going to keep teams in check, keep offenses in check. And it's just another week and another great performance here by this unit. I mean, they're playing with a lot of swagger for sure. I mean, I think it starts Absolutely. with row, but, um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, between queen, between the guys on the defensive line, the, the, like the new outside linebackers that have come in Clowney and Van Noy, like have been playing really great in their roles. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, the secondary as well, it's like, we just got Marlo back last week and uh you know I, I feel like another kind of underrated signing too, darby i feel like between darby and rock Hussein, like rock was supposed to be the guy i think it was supposed to be marlo and rock and i feel like i don't really see him all that much um mm. now, I, I don't think that's really a, a a talent problem but i think that darby's been so good stevens have been so good 
that they've gotten the majority of the snaps just based on you know who's available right and uh yeah i mean i i think they've been playing pretty much as well as i think you could expect there doesn't really seem to be a really uh you know big weak spot i think honestly right now the the situation we're in is it, it's just safety depth um and i think that was obviously really telling after uh the ejection on hamilton um i know you know <laughs> we kind of had the the uh the the soapboxing about the the flags and everything i think the flag was definitely warranted uh ejection seems very questionable i think uh if you ask you know the nfl subreddit i think they're absolutely like oh my god he was targeting him it was terrible it's the worst thing worst thing i've ever seen uh other people i <laughs> other people i think you know would say hey you know i don't think he intended for you know to be able to do that i mean it's chris moore former raven like yeah you know i mean i don't i don't think anybody wish you know ill will on chris so um but either way um you know with that happening with williams going down it put some depth to the test right geno stone is really your only safety on the roster at that point um and uh yeah i mean they had to move some guys around you so you saw more uh, of the corner plays at least near the end of the game once that happened i was so i i think that was interesting and like watching it back you know he's tall i think that's the thing like going forward he's gonna have to think about how he's like goofy tall um being six four I think it's easier for him when he kind of leans into tackle as anyone does when they tackle, they kind of get, you know, a little low. They don't tackle upright um, that he could do helmet to helmet because that's like getting right into that area. So I think it's something he has to keep in mind going forward that like that. Cause I, you know, anyone who knows anything about Hamilton, like he's not a dirty player. He's like, this really like, you know what I mean? He's just like, he feels like he almost shouldn't be playing football. You know what I mean? He's just like, he seems really like, I don't want to tackle. I just know I have to. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, he just seems like a very, like, gentle soul otherwise. <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, he just doesn't strike yeah, me as a I guy with target, I mean, right? Like, like, he, I mean, he played, he was our slot guy all last year and even part of this year, right? I mean, he's in the box. He's making tons of tackles. Mm-hmm. Like, none of yeah. them were, you know, none of them were dirty, right? This were right, good yeah. tackles. So. There's yeah. no precedence for a dirty play from him, I think is what we're saying. Yeah. And also, the other thing, too, that's interesting so, you know, you lose Hammy, you go ahead and you lose Williams to a Hammy, right? He has a ham- hamstring issue. Stone's the only guy left. What do they do? They go to Stevens, all right? Like all pro corner Stevens, <laughs> you know, playing at like a super high level, according to, uh, according to Marlowe. He goes back and plays safety. And then Rock is in. Actually, I was surprised to see led snaps over Darby in this game when they made that switch. It's kind of an interesting fun fact. But yeah, like... Uh, those two guys like came in a rotation. What an incredible roster construction by one EDC. Like I, I think that's something that needs to be said. They, they actually did give him a game ball after the game. They were like EDC, like you made us have like resilience to losing two safeties and being down one and like being able to make this work. And I honestly, guys, like I think he did a great job of something a roster. We're going to talk about soon. These outside linebackers I just brought on. This is one of the best rosters. We say it every year, but I feel like he keeps out doing himself. And, you know, maybe he, he spent some future cap to do it, but I don't mind one bit because uh, the cap is kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> so, like, good for him. This roster is deep. It can sustain injuries, and I think it's going to be huge uh, going down the line. We're seeing so many injuries this year. And just in general in the league, I think depth is becoming more important. Without a doubt. Um, it's been next man up already this early in the year. And, yeah, I you you look at it and you're like, 
well, we've already suffered so many injuries, you know, what more can be done? But I think, like you're saying, they do have more guys in the fold. Um, guy, we have depth pieces all over the place, you know, not just the secondary. We've talked last week about how Brent Urban has come in and he's been really solid and has added a dimension to this team, um, taking in the the role of the of the long guy with the giant arms that can go in and 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 uh, you know get in the passing lane like Calais Campbell was able to do. And again, like I said, Brent Urban is not Calais Campbell, but you know he can do some of the things that Calais Campbell could be by just being big and disruptive, right? Um, Malik Harrison has, has been making some plays the past couple of weeks, you know, as we wait for, uh, for the rookie to develop, he's come in and he's been able to, to step up and make some plays in certain packages. Uh, and of course, you know, we're seeing, uh, Clowney step up and he's been way more of an impact player than we thought. Vinoy had his sack, like you said, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys that we're seeing big things from uh, this year on this defense already at all positions that who we were not expecting to to have the type of impact that they're having right now, and yet the defense is still performing at close to the best case scenario uh, that we would have wanted, even if everyone was healthy. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's definitely huge. Um, one one particular shout out to um, you know talking about a depth guy. I mean just remember. This guy was seventh round pick, actually released by the Ravens, mm-hmm. and you know went to Texas, uh, to, to the Texans for a while. Ended up getting back onto the Ravens practice squad, making the roster. Geno Stone um, continues to just play at a really, really high level. At honestly, really, like you can't even say he's a backup free safety at this point. I mean, he's just a safety. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be playing at either spot. I think he's he's played for uh, Marcus M for Hamilton at this point, but. Um, had a big interception in this game as well. I think he leads the team, if I recall. And yeah, he uh, I mean, he, he's, he's, just, le- he's leading the league. <laughs> leading the league? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I think there's another guy that has three. Like, maybe the other people have three, but he has, he's yeah. a leader. He's a tied leader. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. Just, uh, I mean, like, you know, it, it, like I hate to call him like a, a an awesome role player because he's, he's more than that. But. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously with with the two guys ahead of them when they're healthy, like, you know, those are who the Ravens want to have on the field. But I mean, Gino is one of those guys like, you know, you you love to have on your roster um, because you put him in at at crucial crucial spots and he's going to be able to make a play. And, um, you know, I feel like that's one thing like we we've been really um, good with uh, generating pressure sacks, um, even with our outside linebackers being a little unhealthy. Um, You know, I think, you know, we've got the inside linebacker play now. I think, um, you know, turnovers, I think, are one thing that, you know, I, I think it come in bunches a little bit, but they're not as um, not as prevalent, I think, in some of the Ravens teams of the past. But I think with the guy like Gino, it's like, I mean, he's single-handedly, like, you know, changing games and, and making plays in crucial moments, and you definitely need more of that. Let's talk about those outside linebackers. We had Clowney with four QB hits, two sacks, and two sack tackles for lost. Van Noy with a sack and a pass deflection. These guys are playing out of their minds. I thought Clowney was a really high motor player. He didn't have as many snaps, too. Maybe that's why. He actually had a lower snap count this week, which I think is great um, because you don't want to run him into the ground. And But he's been playing really well, and it gives you some confidence. If, you know, they said, always 
in the vicinity of coming back. Sounds like Ojabo has a couple more weeks uh, with this knee sprain and and t- high ankle sprain situation going on that you know maybe we'll have some more depth. <laughs> it might happen, guys. Believe, and that's awesome. Um, but it gives you it gives you a lot of confidence in these guys going forward. Uh, I I thought they both have phenomenal games, and um, I mean, shoot, like the the whole front seven was just. Excellent. I mean, Matt, I, I think Matt Abike made himself $10 million. I'm not even kidding in this game. I think, I think he might've made himself $10 million in extra like guarantees or like a level bump into his, uh, his, you know, money making, uh, he has four and a half sacks. It's top, uh, again, tied top for, uh, sacks, you know, it's like, this guy's like killing it, man. Like I, I'm, I'm over the moon about how well they're all playing. I mean, he, he was a force. He was a force in this game. Um, and that's saying something again, among a group that played so well as a unit for you to stand out in that, um, that says a lot. And look, I I think we still want some more consistency from this guy, but when he is on his game, he is like, he reminds you of, some of the the greats that have played here inside, you know, Sam Adams, uh, Haloti Nada, he's has that type of disruption when he's able to to do that. And again, we're talking about how um, Henry did not have. Let's put it this way: Henry had a solid game, but he wasn't, you know, didn't have a dominant one. Matabike was a huge part of that. Um, an excellent game from him. I think it was one of it had to be one of his best ever as a Raven. He was just an absolute force all four quarters in that game. Well, I think we can't leave the episode without talking special teams. Um, obviously, at the top, uh, Justin Tucker's six for six um, on field goals. Another career day for uh, for Tucker. Um, nothing nothing uh, uh, too crazy in terms of uh, yardage. I think a lot of them were uh, <laughs> probably a little bit shorter than we anticipated uh, after you know talking about all those red zone woes. But uh you know, a couple other things. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, one guy who really stands out to me on like pretty much every coverage play that I ever see him on, uh, Delshawn Phillips is, I mean, holy crap. Like he is the new, like, uh, you know, uh, special team linebacker sort of like player who goes hard on every single special team snap that I see. And is just incredible. Um, I actually, I don't know how many tackles he ended up with, but uh, I mean, when when I'm watching like uh, coverages, I'm like, man, like where's where's 53? I want to see him. Mm-hmm. He's always guaranteed for a play. Well, yeah, he, he was recovering that fumble, right? Like right place. Um, big big play for him on the special teams. We've mentioned earlier the Gunners, uh, well, specifically uh, Mitchell as Gunner, and uh, shoot, man, Duvernay, 70 yard punt return, got run down by the punter. Who has an 85 speed score in Madden? So not a slow punter. <laughs> this guy's actually sneaky yeah. fast, <laughs> which I thought was kind of hilarious. But uh, yeah, I mean, good to see that he was able to find a crease and, and get going like that, uh, even if he gets run down a little bit, and um, you know, get a little bit that swagger back. I think he's been having a little bit of trouble this year. I think it's harder than ever to return in the NFL uh, with the way the rules are set up, and. Uh, you know, Duvernay try, trying to find a way to continue his pedigree as a Pro Bowl returner. I'm really interested to kind of see over the next couple of weeks um, if, kind of going back to the offense a little bit, but like if we see or if we don't see any sort of growth um, 
you know, from OBJ or Bateman, if that might be an opportunity with Mitchell coming back, I noticed he got some snaps as kick returner instead of Duvernay. I'm wondering if that opens the door to kind of possibly using Duvernay a little bit more on the offense, maybe keep him at, you know, maybe just, just for punt returns, maybe give him a little bit more of a role. Um, honestly, like around snap counts, I'd probably say around Aguilar, something like that. Um, but I, I'm wondering if, if he might be a guy you want to go to, uh, considering last year, I mean, he was, he was pretty good last year, uh, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. I think he was very productive in, in the Roman offense. Um, you know, he might be a guy who just consider, um, see if you can throw him out in a couple things. I don't think he's going to be your ex. I don't think he's going to be your number one. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why that probably is not a good idea or you don't really want to be in that situation, but, um, I think he could be a good role player. Yeah, certainly something to look out for. Um, only seven targets in the receiving, uh, game so far this year, two catches for eight yards, uh, I don't think that any of us are shocked at all that he's taken a back seat to these guys, but I do think the lack of time he's gotten, uh, lack of opportunities he's gotten in the receiving game is a bit surprising. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Ravens do try and work him in a little bit because as we were talking about at the top of the episode, uh, some shakeup or something needs to happen. Um, and hopefully it, it's just a matter of just more practice time with this offense and, and Lamar and, and these a lot of these guys who are new um, getting onto a better page uh, and better cadence. But yeah, I, I am certainly unopposed to the Ravens trying to get some more out of Duvernay. And yeah, I'm really excited to see Mitchell get some more work as a returner. Um, obviously, when he was drafted, sorry, when we, when we signed him, he was undrafted. Um, we were all really excited about his speed. We saw that in the preseason. Uh, he was exactly as we were all expecting. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it really seems to me like the Ravens are going to need to get the ball in Mitchell's hands in some fashion, whether it's through kick returns, whether it's through uh, screens or wheel routes in the offense. Um, that's some speed that can really help this team in some format. So, uh, yeah, really interesting call there. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to, to see them. Uh, try and get Duvernay a little more involved in the receiving game and and ease uh, Mitchell into a bigger special teams role. I could certainly see that being uh, something that that we see in the coming weeks. Let's do some MVPs. I'm going to go last. Uh, I think there are so many to choose from. Uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable going last because I, I, I could talk about like 15 different guys here. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? We're saying we can talk about so many guys and yet... I feel like we end, we started this show with so many negatives, um, but yeah, I think you're right. There were just some, there were a lot of really good performances too, and I, I just got to give mine to someone we talked about just a little little earlier ago. Um, Justin Matabike, huge game, the two sacks, the two the four quarterback hits, uh, just disruptive all four quarters. Excellent game from him. Uh, you'll you'll love to see it. He's having a great year, and this was the best game of the year to date for him. Yeah, uh, I think I'll probably stay on the defense as well. I think I'll I'll give mine to I'll give mine to Gino. I thought the uh, in terms of uh, you know game flow, I think you know we probably didn't talk about it a whole lot here, but um, you know I, I felt that interception was very uh, well timed. I think the Titans were kind of uh, in a position where they might be able to crawl back a little bit and kind of put those uh, those plans to rest with that interception and a great return as well. So uh, good job to Gino for uh, continuing to make those plays. For me, we didn't talk about him yet in the episode, and I won't let it slide. Patrick Queen, I think, had another stellar game. This is a, a game that made him some money, too, I'm sure. 
able to make some key stops on third down and in the near the goal line of Malik Willis, who was scrambling around. And he just is so much better at tackling when he has someone dead to rights. Yes, he missed the tackle um, in the on the goal line situation. He was able to slip through, but it allowed the rest of the team to rally, and he finished. He got back up, and he got that tackle. And I think Patrick Queen, you know, we, we talk about every week how these inside linebackers, Patrick Queen, Roquan, savvy, great plays. Um, I thought I thought Patrick was exceptional, and I have one other MVP. My other MVP is my wife because she let us switch around our recording schedule. Uh, we celebrated her birthday yesterday instead, so that we could do a really cool preview show. So, what's next in the in the docket for you guys? We did a preview show with All Pro former Lion safety Glover Quinn. Uh, so, make sure to check that out in your feed later in the week be a cool interview we gave us some really good insights on a, a big lions matchup we have coming up at the bank i, I think it's going to be one of the best games of the year they're playing out of their minds and I, I think it's not that big of a surprise they were competitors last year they were a feisty up-and-coming team no one believed in them now they have a little bit more talent a little more grit and they're and they're playing great so definitely recommend you uh see that episode later in the week and where can you find out more one winning pod.com one winning pod at twitter on winning pod threads very consistent so we appreciate you guys thanks so much for listening we'll be back later in the week to talk about them lions go ravens